this is concerning, no question about it. Uh, we've seen a pretty substantial uptick in domestic terrorism, particularly coming from groups that we refer to as racially or ethnically motivated terrorists. Um, and these are typically white supremacist-type terrorist groups. Uh, a little bit of the anti-government type, too, and those typically are motivated by uh, a fear that the government's encroaching on rights, particularly gun rights. But in federal law enforcement, the groups that are of particular concern because of the number of attacks and the number of plots uh, are these racially and ethnically motivated terrorists. And this last plot uh, against the power grid was uh, from one of these groups. And it's something that's very concerning because this is not an isolated incident. This is part of a really a pattern of these kinds of plots that we've seen recently. Carl, when we talk about these groups as well, and I'll let you expand here because you've talked about this in the past because everyone will say, ah, we don't have to worry about that here. But everything that I'm reading, these groups are all over the United States. Yeah, they they are here. I mean, uh, we've had people who've been arrested in Ohio. Um, I can tell you that the FBI... Uh, in Cleveland, the field office there and the, and the um, adjunct office in Akron is busy working on uh, domestic terrorism cases. I just had a discussion with some FBI agents just recently about this. Um, so this, this is an ongoing problem. Uh, it's taken very seriously. There have been people here in Ohio who've been both involved in plots, who've been involved in attacks, but also involved in recruiting and organizing. Uh, one, of, one of the lead neo-Nazis for quite a while was based in Parma, and he was considered you know, probably one of the top five recruiters and organizers of the white supremacist movement. So, yeah, this is, this is a local issue. This isn't some faraway thing that you know, is coming from some other state. This, this is something that Ohio's dealing with as well. Uh, Carl, when you talk about the different variables of these domestic terror groups from the political standpoint to the guns rice to anti-government, are they all intertwined to a degree? And if so, that could be a large amount of people. Yeah, so there is there is some overlap with some of them, definitely. Um, and this is one of the things that makes it a bit difficult sometimes to get a really good sense of what's motivating these people because they have multiple grievances. There's multiple things that are, that have made them angry and are motivating them to do what they want to do. Um, and, and this is not like an organized group, like say Al Qaeda or ISIS. These, these are people who are really typically self starters. They're not organized in cells, so to speak, you know, groups of people who are plotting together. Sometimes they are, but more, more often than not, they're not uh, plotting together. Uh, and they, they are connected on the internet. Uh, they, they engage in online chatter with each other. They motivate each other that way. They learn from each other that way in terms of how to um, execute an attack or build a, a weapon or that kind of thing or purchase a weapon. Um, so this is a very diffuse problem, which makes it very difficult to really go after the people who are, quote-unquote, organizing this. And in fact, this, this was intentionally done by the leadership, I'd say the idea leadership of the movement, 
back in the 1980s, they called for what's known as leaderless resistance. So in other words, you don't have an organized group. You don't have a, a set leader of these people. They're, they're self-starters. They're lone wolves. They're people that go off and do this themselves. So it's kind of like finding a needle in a haystack. It's really difficult to find these people, and it takes a lot of work on the part of FBI and local law enforcement. With us this morning is Dr. Carl Kalpenthaler from the University of Akron, professor of political science expertise in doing research in regards to terror groups around the world and right here, as you can hear, domestically. It became front and center, Carl, wouldn't you agree, January 6th with that insurrection on the nation's capital. I was wondering through your readings and through your intel if we've seen these domestic terror groups grow because of the political unrest in this country, former President Trump and that group and everything pointing in that direction, and have they continue to swell since? So the problem started before January 6th. Um, really, the, the, the growth in these kind of um, domestic terrorist groups really started uh, when Obama was elected president, we saw a, a very marked increase in the number of people who were now chattering online about having to take matters into their own hands. Um, and this this grew over time to the point now where we have a pretty significant problem. So has it gotten worse since January 6th? In some ways, yes. In some ways, no. So the thing that's gotten worse is we're seeing more online chatter about people saying we need to take matters into our own hands. We're, we're having to, um, you know, engage the government in, in violence or engage these non-governmental targets in violence because they're trying to destroy us. So there's very much of this victimhood mentality that drives a lot of this, that they're after us. So there's more of the chatter. There's more people who are talking about this. Um, the plotting has grown to an extent, but one of the things that, that uh, has kind of countered this is the FBI has, has really taken this very seriously and is investigating people who are making threats online. So it's one thing to say, you know, I don't like the government, that's protected speech. It's another thing to say, I want to go blow up the federal building in Cleveland, Ohio, mm. and that will probably get you on the FBI's radar screen. And so the FBI has been forward-leaning in trying to take care of some of these threats, and that means that they investigate the threats, and if someone's broken the law, then that person then gets prosecuted. So there's a lot of efforts underway to take care of this threat because it's taken very seriously. That's a- uh, some of these plots have been, have been really large in scope and would uh, lead to a lot of death and destruction. You kind of lead me right into my final question for us this morning, Carl, is what is the government doing to counteract these groups? And you mentioned right there through intel and such, they're doing their best. It's it's difficult to thwart these attacks, but it is being done. Yeah, so there's a couple things that are done. Um, one, you have to find out who, who's the real threat. And that that's extremely time-consuming because there's a lot of people who – we just mouth off online. You know, they talk a big talk, but they really don't have any real intention of going out there and, and committing some kind of violent act or other crime. Um, but, you know, all the, all the people that look threatening have to be investigated. So this is, this is a real problem. There's only so many FBI agents. There's so many law, local law enforcement officers. 
and they have to they have to check each one of these leads out. Having said that, if somebody really does seem to be moving towards executing a violent plot, um, then the FBI or local law enforcement will try to find out as much as possible and thwart that attack. But you got to keep in mind this all has to be done within the confines of the law. So you have to you have to develop a body of evidence to be able to prosecute this person so that they're off the street or they're they're you know no longer involved in this kind of of violent activity. So it's uh, it means using confidential informants. It means uh, you know if the threat is perceived great enough, it might mean uh, capturing information from their communications, that kind of thing. But a lot of these people, they're they're not very careful. You know, they they mouth off because they want people to, to pay attention to them, and so they oftentimes kind of sink their own ship by being really vocal online, really vocal in, in telling people, like, you know, I'm going to do this, I'm going to attack the power grid, for example, and then that makes it a little bit easier for law enforcement to track down these people.